Hi, this is Craig Weiss, and welcome to a really exciting episode from the Truth and Realities of E-Learning. I want to personally thank you for tuning in. I know there's definitely a lot of podcasts uh, in the L&D space, training space, but I, I want to give it a different perspective. So you're hearing from an analyst, from an expert in the learning system space, in the e-learning industry for more than 20 years. That's right. One of the early pioneers. I don't want to call us pioneers. One of the early group of folks. I was one of those early uh Thrilled to be one of the early numbers of folks who jumped on the e-learning world right from the get-go back in uh, 2000 and started looking at it in 1999. Today, I'm going to be talking about sort of some things, I, I don't know, pet peeves, maybe I want to call it that. Things that kind of are on my mind and, and they really kind of get your take and, and inside and, you know, feel free to reach out. Variety of peeves. One of the biggest ones I have, it, and actually, it, even though the message comes out numerous times, both in my post and even uh, items I write on LinkedIn, is just the number of vendors who cannot understand that there is a difference between L&T and training. I don't understand why everybody in the e-learning space, or the majority, let me rephrase that, the majority, think that the only game in town is L&D. They think everybody's doing learning and development, that there's no such thing as somebody running training, or they might be a director or VP of education at an association, and their typical background is around training. I mean, when you think about customer training, customer education, partner training, sales training, uh, I don't know too many people in L&D that are overseeing customer education. I never met anybody in the association space that ran training or their education department having a background in L&D. I'm surprised at the number of vendors that don't even really know what L&D is. They just hear learning and development. I'll mention, yeah, they a lot of people have a background in OD. And I'll say, well, you know what that is? And absolutely, I know what that is. And then by having an additional discussion, I know they really don't know that it means organizational development, organization development. I know plenty of L&D folks who have a knowledge of psychology of the workplace. Uh, I admit, I don't. I do not have a background in OD. You know, when I talk to CLOs, I've never met one that came from the training side of the house. They all have come, the ones I know have all come from an L&D side. There was a post yesterday on LinkedIn. I'm not going to mention the vendor. And they had sort of this spider thing with a bunch of little icons on it. And it talked about learning culture and this and that. And everything was around learning and development. And I wrote and I said, uh, let's not forget about training here. It's not the same thing. And they responded basically saying, yes, it is the same. Training and learning are the same thing. No, I don't think so. I read an ebook. I'm not training myself. I want to acquire a skill that has benefits for personal and professional development growth. That's not learning. That's a skill of interest. I want to learn a skill on how to make widgets that's under learning and development. 
I want a skill on how to make more effective cold call sales. That's training. So no, they're not one in the same thing. And anyone, and I'm sure many of you feel the same way, if you're running training, do you want to work under an L&D department and learning and development, vice versa? Do you want to work under a training department? And you remember the joke, nobody wants to work under HR? I still think that's true today. No offense, HR fans. So that's part of the mindset. And this is why you see so many systems focused on employees. And so many systems focused on the messaging of employee development, employee engagement, employee this, employee that, which is totally fine, right? I don't really have a problem with that because that's their focus, that's their target and whatnot. My issue is when they focus the messaging about employees and they're trying to sell to customers. In other words, they're trying to go for the folks that are in training that are providing customer education, partner training, or you're in an association. And so they're going to have feature sets. They want that market. They want that customer education market. They want that association market. And yet, and yet, they still will push the narrative of L&D and about employee development. But it's not the same thing. So if my system is only about employee development, it's only focused on employees, fine. That's a great segment, right? We all believe in workforce development, workforce growth and whatnot. Perfect. If I also want that customer education market though, I want that association market. I want that partner training market. Then that employee messaging has to be tweaked. You can have dual messaging, but make it very clear. So that's a peeve of mine. I, I don't think it. And, and I'll talk to people and they'll be like, I get it, I get it, I get it. And then the next thing out of their mouth is the same thing. So I don't really understand that narrative. Another peeve I have is the term e-learning. Look, when e-learning was created, it was an umbrella term meaning online learning, anything involving e-learning. You have a cloud-based tool, right? And you could have them back in 2000. We just didn't call them the cloud. It was a form of e-learning. Web conferencing, e-learning, was under e-learning. An authoring tool, even a desktop authoring tool. It was to create courses for online learning. When online learning rolled out, CBT, computer-based training, still existed. But there was this thing called WBT, which means web-based training. And that was to replace computer-based because we had this thing with the internet and modems and everything else. And anybody who says to you, look, I've been doing e-learning since the early 90s, that's not true. Well, I always say, if that's true, or you're telling me uh, you were putting a course online at 12.2 kilobytes per second, who's watching that? First of all, nobody was watching it. The authoring tools were, were virtually non-existent. You didn't have a studio or, you know, anything like that. You weren't using PowerPoint. If you had a tool, you were using authorware. And I can tell you right now what outputs on that, you wouldn't want to put on a modem at 38 kilobytes per second. So you have this kind of angle. And then what they've done is over the years, 
because a lot of there are plenty of vendors that have got into this industry who do not know anything about L&D or training, as I've talked before. They have no knowledge or interest in learning about how web-based training came about. They have no knowledge nor interest in even learning why LMSs were created in the first place. No interest. You'd think they would go and look on the internet for 30 minutes and, and find out about this. Nope, no interest. And I can see it in the systems, by the way. It's very clear to me regarding some functionality, whether or not the company that founded the product or has the product or is in some way involved with the product, whether they had a deep involvement or they outsourced the development or whoever's running the product, which at the end of the day, the CEO is, is the final decision maker here. As they always say, the book stops there. And there's functionality I can see right in there that tells me, and I'll say to them, um, do you know why web-based training was created? Do you know why LMSs were established? Has nothing to do with compliance. Has nothing to do with assigned learning. Had nothing to do with that. It was to find out what we didn't know about our audience, our employees, our customers. We had an instructor-led training session. How do you know what they know? You don't. How do you know how much they've retained? You don't. Remember the evaluation forms? There's people that would evaluate based on what somebody's tie looked like, or they would gripe about the temperature in the room, or they'd gripe about the food. And if it was an employee internally providing the training, there's sort of this connotation or presumption that if I say something negative, it's going to affect them and their job performance. So I'm not going to say anything negative. That's why LMSs were created. How do you know what they don't know? On top of that, when you look at web-based training, it gave the learner total control. Self-paced learning, what we call that today, that's known as asynchronous, asynchronous-based learning. And it was done and created specifically because of the instructor-led training methodology, which, by the way, when you hear the word synchronous-based, that's what that's referring to. So when you think of an ed tech system, that's K-12 higher education, and you see that syllabus and that linear A to B to C to D and E and F and G, that's a classroom. That's like you going to the class, you're going to school, you're going to college, you're going to wherever, you're going to a seminar, and who's ever running it, they drive the agenda. There's no you going back. There's no, I, I don't understand this, I want to do it again. You're in a group of people, you're not getting that advantage. And you go in a followed process by process. So synchronous-based learning is basically taking that and sticking it online has nothing to do with discussion boards or forums, although, you know, you do find that in those systems. It has nothing to do with it. it. has nothing to do with social. It has nothing to do with formal, informal. It's delivery. That's what it deals with. It's really coming down to delivery. So asynchronous-based was this self-contained. That was the term we use, self-contained. And it had table of contents, Right. And the reason is, is very simple. A great course, or you can even do it today with a video file, can have a table of contents. 
I don't care. You know, you hear this term and people say micro learning. This is brand new. No, it's not. I was doing micro learning in 2000. It's, it's not new. You create short little modules, maybe 10 minutes in theory each. Remember, the power is that I drive my own learning. So if it takes me 10 minutes to go through three chapters, I'm bouncing around, right? The, the duration time you see is based on somebody going linear, A, B, C, D, E, F, G down a path. So when you see these duration times, that's what it's referring to. But the power web-based training says, no, 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 that's, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to bounce around and focus on what's relevant to you, what you need to know when you need to know it, or is relevant to you because you're interested in wanting to know it. And you know what's going to happen when it's interested to it? When it, you're interested, you're going to go back and back and back and back, and you're going to retain it more so than you going linear. And you're going to comprehend it more so than you going linear, and you're going to synthesize it. And synthesize, synthesis is where you want to get to. You're not going to get it in the linear path. It's just not going to happen because you know what? Those people are not coming back to the course. They go once and they're out the door. And then people look at that and they go, wow, look at this great adoption. And they'll do an assessment at the end, but you can retake the assessment. And by the way, I think the term should be called validation. But that being said, that's not telling me anything. Anybody could pass a test if they just wing it, right? There's always that possibility. So web-based training is like, look, it's self-paced, it's self-contained. You want the table of contents so I can jump around. I always use this great example. I go to a Microsoft Excel class seminar. I'm only interested in labels. I already know how to open a file. Yet, what's the class start with? How to open a file and how to add this or that. But I'm only interested in labels. So what am I doing? I'm not paying attention. I don't care. I'm looking at my phone. I'm looking at my computer. I'm staring at the walls. Now, why would you think it's going to work any different if it's an online course? Why would you think that? And yet plenty of people have little modules and little pathways and they make it required to go ahead and complete it and they lock things down and they see nothing wrong with this. When I ran training, I was more fascinated. Uh, I allowed people bounce around. If I have a learner and they want to go linear, fine, I don't care. But I'm more interested, that's fine, but I was always interested in the people that were bouncing around because that's going to tell me what my employees, my customers, my association members, I worked in all those verticals, what they're interested in, what's relevant to them, what's not relevant to them. Am I going to need to create new content? We call that content today, courses then. Am I going to need to create new courses, new content to meet these needs? If 55 people are going into how to change a label and two are going in and how to open a file, I can tell you right now, I'm creating a specific course on labels. If everybody's going to 10 types of courses by topic and I've got a library of 100 and 60 of them nobody's ever looking at, why would I want to pay for that? 
I'm not going to renew my agreement with a third-party course content provider. If I'm creating my own content, I see people going to certain areas and not areas. I have to ask myself, first, what's wrong, right? Is it the content? Is it the chapters? Is it the design? Is it the subject matter? And then over a period of time, I'm going to start realizing really quickly, you know, it's going to come to me very quickly on what's taking place here. Most of the time, it's they have better, they have more interest. You know, the, the systems today, are, the, many of them are like, how many views? What does a view tell me? We're not in the search engine business. We're in the learning business. We're in the training business. So a view means nothing. You want to know where they're going in that piece of content if you're going to have a table of contents. If you don't have a table of contents, how many times did they go in? How, right? How many times? What was the total amount of time? I'll tell you right now, what's more relevant is if somebody went in there 26 times and they spent nine minutes. That, tell, that first number tells you a lot because what they're doing is they're probably looking at one little piece and they're leaving. And then they're coming back in that same little piece and they're leaving. So, you know, when you have ones that have total running time, what does that mean? or views, you know, I see that with the articles and I say, well, how do I know they read the article? Well, we don't know. They clicked complete. I, I can just scroll down and click complete. Yeah. Okay. What does that tell me? Nothing. That tells me nothing. Again, you're not in the search engine business. You're not doing paid per click for your learning or training. So that's a peeve I have. And it deals with really the whole premise around web-based training. Look, Self-paced, they call it self-paced learning today. It's all self-contained. You've got to have a navigation. You've got to explain the navigation. It, nothing drives me more insane than when you've got to watch the video and then you got to click and it goes to the... And I've seen this with some third-party content that somebody has designed and developed, which I assume they have an instructional design background. And sometimes I really wonder, do they? I don't get it. So it's self-paced. I take control. I'm the learner. I'm the employee. I'm the customer. I'm the student. I'm the member. Whoever. I take control. I decide where I want to learn, when I want to learn it, 24-7. If I want to focus in one area versus another, fine. If you buy a you know book on... How to, you know, you buy a book and it talks about how to do um, house repairs and you're only interested in repairing a kitchen. Are you going to read the entire book? No, you're going to focus on how to repair the kitchen. So why would it be any different for whatever subject it happens to be that's online, of course? Why is that different? And that's another thing, to, you know, to kind of consider about that. So, right, and when you want to find that chapter on how to fix that kitchen, do you just randomly pick the book and flip pages? No, you're going to go to a table of contents at the beginning. You're going to see what page it is, and then you're going to flip to that page. Again, navigation table of contents. Why would it be different for online learning? You're doing it today, right? You're going to be doing something. You're going to watch TV. Do you just randomly pick channels? Well, unless you know the channel. And why do you know the channel? Because you've been going back there over and over and over again. So how's that any different than people learning or acquiring a new skill by training 
whether it's by training or learning when it comes to online content. Something to think about. That's it for this week's Soapbox. Um, each week I'm going to dive into a variety of just a couple of topics, focus on that. And, of course, don't forget to check out my blog on e-learning, uh, elearninfo247.com. You can also find, uh, find an LMS, findanlms.com, which focuses on your ability to research, compare, engage with vendors on all types of learning systems. And coming soon, you're going to be able to focus on systems that are tied directly to the groups that I have on my blog um, about where the LMS market is heading. So you're going to have that ability as well as vendor video playlist. So that's coming uh, this summer. Another new thing coming, by the way, is findcontent.io and more details on that coming soon. Of course, feel free to check me out uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, under Greg Weiss. And if you go to my business site today, right now it's down. I'm still running my business, just redoing the site and wanted to have more of a fresher look. So once again, I want to thank you. Hope to hear from you. Leave comments. Go right ahead. I'll you know definitely listen in and read them along with you as well. Again, it's Craig Weiss, The Truth and Realities of E-Learning.